Hello and welcome to the Wildflower Stories podcast. I am your host Jessica Raj and thank you for joining me today. It's been a wild, staggering year already and we are only in the middle of it. But friend, I am here for it. I'm here to learn, to grow and to draw from other people's stories. I'm here to be humbled, to be compelled to give forward and to ask God to help me be more like Him. That's why leaning into other people's stories is what I am passionate about. To tear down the walls of my own prideful heart and to empathize and simply listen. Today I chat with Ellen. Ellen and I actually went to the same school, but she was a few grades higher than I. So we didn't know each other all that well. But fast forward to 10 years later, and here we are, reconnected over social media both raising daughters and right in the thick of the wonderful and messy hood that is motherhood. After Ellen had her second daughter, Ruby, she experienced having postnatal depression. I chat with her about how she navigated that dark season of her life and how she clung to Jesus and all the unknowns that came with it. So wherever you are today, may you lean in close and join me for a chat with Ellen. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jess. Thanks for having me on. So um, we worked out, so we actually went to the same school together and we worked out that you were three grades ahead of me Mm -hmm. Um, and we didn't know each other too well, um, but we did do the Oklahoma musical together (laughs) and you were Laurie. I remember that. (laughs) Such good memories. Such yeah, good yeah. Memories. I, I remember you being one of these little coy, coy <laughs> girls. Was it you and Amanda? I think, yeah. I think so, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah, that was probably the closest we ever got to mm. speaking. And, 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 and here we are. So um, we've reconnected over Instagram and, and we both have two daughters each and doing this motherhood journey. So, um yeah, it's just really cool to have you on today and to speak about your own journey. So thank yeah, you thanks. for saying yes. <laughs> yeah, it was great to see your little uh, uh, explanation of wildflower stories. Um, I think it's such a great thing to be uh, encouraging other people and uh, mm. you know, uh, connecting people through their journeys and, and just the fact that God takes us through different things for his purposes and to... Um, to bring glory to himself and to mm. make us more like Jesus and um, to know that, you know, our little journeys aren't insignificant. Um, yeah. It's really awesome. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so true. Whoever's out there listening, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's perfect. And that's exactly the heart behind it, which um, mm. which I love. So, um, so my icebreaker question for you is, do you know what your top two love languages are? Well, I was thinking about this and I think that it's definitely words of affirmation. Uh, just because I get a little bit of a, uh, a buzz whenever Ryan says something that's a compliment or, yeah, I, I, I know that my mum knows that that's my uh, love language, even though she doesn't speak it in that terminology. You know, I don't know if she's mm. ever really read that book, but... Mm-hmm. Um, she knows how to how to make me feel a lot better when I'm having those down moments and um, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, words from a mama. <laughs> I feel and like same, same yeah. with my sister and my dad too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I feel like yeah. yeah, all mothers just know what to say and when to say mm. it. Mm. I mean, that's I, I don't mean all mothers, but I, I definitely um, yeah have that same experience with my mom. It's yeah, very yeah. special. Yeah, and um, and I think as well. You know, um, physical touch as well, like mm. a hug from someone or just holding hands with Ryan or whatever it might be. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Always beautiful. like, okay, hi, hi, Ryan. Welcome home from work. Where's my kiss? <laughs> <laughs> Classic. And you know, it's funny. Um, 
it's so especially when you have little kids and I find this with Ash and I like we we just kind of sometimes forget to kiss because you know Willow will run up to Ash or um and 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 then I'm like oh we didn't even greet each other with a kiss and it's so I think it's just so important yeah Yeah. but I think it's so important for our kids to see um Mm. that you know mommy and daddy love each other and and that kisses you know that um display of affection it's just so important I think so Yeah, but lovely. That's good to know. Um, yeah. So tell us about what you do and who's in your family. Yeah, um, well, what I do, I at the moment am on maternity leave, um, but I'll be going back to teaching very soon uh, at William Carey Christian School. <clears throat> Before uh, going on maternity leave, I was working full-time there. Uh, so I finished finished uni at uh, 2013, graduated for primary teaching and then was teaching for three years on kindergarten and I had Hazel and did a bit of part-time work here and there. Uh, so now I'm back into a library position for two days a week, which is a, a good balance. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so my family is uh, my two girls, Hazel and Ruby. Uh, Hazel's almost three and Ruby's ten months. And, uh, yeah, my husband, Ryan, we've been married for about six years. Mm, so, yeah. Nice. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you, is Hazel a good good big sister to Ruby? She, she loves being a big sister. And, um, yeah, she uh, she really loves having her um, her playgroup days as well. So we... Um, we enjoy, uh, yeah, leading in, in um, uh, Little Lambs, it's called. It's a playgroup um, through church. And, uh, yeah, so they really they really enjoy having their friends there and their social time. Um, mm. So that's during the week as well. I started that when Hazel was about, uh, I don't know, about six or seven months, yeah, with a mm. team of people at Hope Church. So it's been really fun. Nice. Uh, that's what we do during our week, basically, as well as a few social hangouts. <laughs> yep, and we need those as mothers, don't we? That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so after you had your second daughter, Ruby, um, you experienced some postnatal depression. Um, so would you kindly walk us through that journey from when you realised you had it to now? Mm-mm. Yeah, only recently I found, well, I realised that I had it. Um, I wasn't actually diagnosed, uh, but I think that I had a glimpse of it uh, because looking back um, and reflecting on the first six months of Ruby's life, I think that I was a really different person. Uh, and uh, I just don't think that I was myself. There aren't quite many happy memories. I mean, I know that there are, but the ones that stand out to me from that time are, yeah, more of a sad kind mm-hmm. of feel to things. So, or overwhelm. I think that's a, that would be the most mm-hmm. um, appropriate way to say. So uh, even places that I would really enjoy going to usually, um, I just feel like I just wanted to escape and not be there. And um, mm-hmm. that that strikes me. Uh, as something that's quite significant for me because I'm such a social person as well that uh, those sort of outings like church or um, Bible study or, you know, wherever we might be, even at the shops, just like trying to buy apples. I was staring at these apples going, I just don't know which ones to buy and how many do I need again? (laughs) Um, There are so many other things I need to be getting right now and I'm pressed for time. It was just like a fog in my head. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think that I realised that I had it um, just before COVID hit and the lockdowns were all set in. Um, I kind of had a panic moment thinking that I would kind of go back to that place of uh, isolation and yeah. uh, feeling trapped. So, you know, with two sleep schedules and it, it's not very possible for you to get out of the house when you've got a newborn, as you mm-hmm. know. Um <laughs> So that, that really, um, it made me panic at the beginning of COVID thinking, oh, okay, all of my social, um, you know, the things that I thrive on and um, the little buzz that I get from 
being part of little lamb's playtime and mm. those uh, things were all kind of shutting down so I thought okay I need to I need to uh I need to remedy this with a structure I need to have a daycare at my house I need to have you know this time to this time have um fine motor activities and then it's painting from 9 30 till 10 and then it's morning <laughs> tea time and then we're going to go outside and play in the sand so I had this real big structure to my day and by the end of the first week of lockdown I I just was like I broke down I thought I can't keep this up mm. you know how am I going to go through this whole lockdown period however long it's going to be mm. um you know with this taxing full-on energy structure to my day um but that was just all because I was panicking mm. feeling like I was going to go back to that time um and I was brought to my knees and just crying that the end of that first week of COVID lockdown like Lord I don't know what to do how am I going to get through this time and um there were real tears and I think it was part of me processing um the hurt and the grief of that that first six months as well like a, a real yeah. loss of the happiness that I assumed that I would have you know everyone tells you it's going to be easier the second time around mm. um so all of the things that I thought it would be it just kind of wasn't quite up to what I thought it would be mm. um yeah but then I mean I just chose the things that worked for me over that um over that first week you know going out of the house and being amongst nature and exploring our um our neighborhood in Willowdale it's a beautiful place that I've never really explored before COVID um yeah so I just picked those things and did those um I saw a couple of people during the week just to get my fix of social social life mm -hmm. um you know make make it work for you those restrictions <laughs> you yeah. know one person allowed in the house okay I'm gonna have that one person because yeah. I'd rather not go insane because yep. yeah that, that's oh, I feel you <laughs> yeah yeah and um so I think I realized then yeah actually that wasn't me back then and I didn't have the same feelings this time like that through COVID I didn't have the same feelings of that fog and overwhelm that I mm. thought I would um and then it made me just like we had a bit more time to think didn't we during that lockdown time yeah. so it made me think actually no that wasn't that wasn't me back then and I went back through my camera roll and I looked through all of the outings that we went to and um some random songs might play on my on my phone or on um on the speaker at home and I'd be like actually I remember that song playing at this place and I and it's bringing back it's conjuring up some real overwhelmed feelings yeah. like you know how you associate smells and mm. sounds and things so yeah I think I just started to process actually um yeah what I was dealing with back then wasn't wasn't quite right yeah um yeah and it, it's interesting that I thought I might have had it back then but I just kept going oh it'll go away mm. yeah uh, today was a better day maybe it's gone and then it would come back again um and so I think I was just sort of either chasing the next nap thinking that that was the solution yeah or <clears throat> you know oh, if I see my mum on Thursday I'll feel better and while it did help me to feel better it wasn't the fix right mm. and I think that every time I was looking for a fix and that that wasn't remedying my feelings and feelings are fleeting I know that we shouldn't rely on our fleeting our, our feelings because they are fleeting mm. um but uh yeah during that time I really was brought to brought to nothing and broken down and um, I know that God does that to us sometimes just to make us um cling to him and yeah I knew in my head that Jesus was everything and that he loved me but I didn't know it in my heart until I was mm. brought to that place of like actually the stuff that I was clinging to my confidence in being a mum of one you know oh I've got this mm. uh, you know I don't really need you know I don't really need my quiet time every day because oh oh well I'll do it tomorrow but like when I was in those moments I needed I really needed Jesus and I felt that he was my remedy wow. um, because I I couldn't express to anyone else how I was feeling, um, yeah. not even to Ryan. And he really tried. And, like, 
I, I don't say that I'm not, I didn't feel supported because all my friends mm. were there for me. They knew it was rough for me, this adjustment to two kids. Um, I don't think anyone really fully understood that it might have been postnatal depression. Like mum says, oh, I knew there was something not quite right. Mm. But um, no one was really quick to say, oh, it's PND. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and so I think... Um, it wasn't until that moment that I realised I really did need need Jesus because he knows me inside and out. He knit me together in my mother's womb. He mm. knows me. He made me. And I had that real sense of peace knowing that he knew exactly how I was feeling yeah. because he knows me so well. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that even when I don't have the right words to express to someone, mm. um, the spirit intercedes and the Bible says that, like, you know, with our groanings and our inexpressible, um, our crying out to him, like all of those moments where we just have nothing, he knows and he hears and he responds to us with his peace. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, I, I didn't have any energy to read the Bible, <laughs> but mm. I listened to worship music and that was so, so helpful. Like, mm. yeah, just the verses that were in the lyrics and, um, yeah, yeah, just sitting in his presence really. Mm. That was that was amazing. And, yeah. and so could you compare your experience after having Hazel with um, your experience after having Ruby, were you able to compare those experiences at the time or were you just so focused on, you know, getting through the next day that you weren't really able to reflect on, you know, the difference and if, okay, maybe I do have postnatal depression? Yeah. Um, I didn't have quite the capacity to to do a lot of solid reflection mm, yeah. um, all, all the time really because yeah, yeah. if you're not if you're not trying to cater for someone's hunger needs or <laughs> or like clean up after somebody then you're sleeping aren't you so, or doing the washing yeah it's so um, never so, <laughs> yeah you don't quite have those moments to sort of sit back but um I did have those times where I thought what's wrong with me you know, mm. like, oh, why can't I snap out of this? Or, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, it's just, it's just this stage, of, you know, like it's just because, you know, I need to cut myself a bit of slack. And I, that's the thing. I have such a high expectation of myself. I know that about me. Yeah. That I have high expectations, but I never realise that I'm setting them until after I've not achieved them. Yeah, yeah. So then you've always got that negative um, sign to it. Anyways. I, um, yeah, I thought, oh, what, what's actually going on here? And I, I'm the sort of person that likes to research things. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all for, like, you know, those birth podcasts and, um, like, developmental milestones and understanding the brain and knowing what's going on with mm. hormones and yeah. how sleep deprivation affects you. So I did put it down to sleep deprivation because um, – with the toddler, you can't actually just go to sleep when no. your newborn is, yep. is napping. And they always say yeah. sleep when the baby sleeps. But, well, <laughs> second time around, it's not possible. Not possible. <laughs> and, and, um, yeah, so I really think that did affect me uh, mm. as time went on. Getting up for a couple of feeds a night is crazy. Mm. Um, but just – and it's just what you do. You know that you have to do it, so you do it. But the mental toll that it takes on you is that you don't have the same memory and then you feel stupid and then you mm. feel like, oh, I just didn't remember to do that today and that was a really important thing. Why? How did I forget that? Yeah. Um, or yeah. how come I can't think into the future and I can only think and work in the next 30-minute capacity mm. like, because that's just what you're doing as a mum. Working in that space, hey. Mm. And then um, so I think I just... I didn't quite know exactly what it was, but I, I was honestly like this um, pit in my stomach. I was reaching out for people to kind of ask me, are you okay? And mm-hmm. I do remember, um, I do remember sitting in, we had this amazing program through Hope Church um, called the Resilient Mums Program um, and our the pastor's wife, 
uh, Lenore led that. So a group of us mums were there and I thought that I'd join up uh, before I had Ruby, um, thinking that I'd be, you know, a support to them. Uh, little did I know <laughs> that they were the support to me during wow. that time and God has such amazing amazing plans and things like that. Mm. I turned up to that and I think it was like once a month, maybe once every three weeks on a Friday, I turned up to that not feeling like being there, but knowing that when I was there, I had a safe space yeah. with zero expectation of me and yep. a lunch a lunch was made for me oh, by Lenore and just that love. Yeah. I don't know how I don't know how to explain it, like <laughs> I'm gonna cry now. Yeah. But just just knowing that someone's gonna be there to hold my baby and wow. that I don't like mm. yeah I don't have to I don't have to answer any questions while I'm there they they took us through this program of um learning resilience and learning how you process things and um I, I learned a lot about myself during that time I learned mm. that a lot of my things that I would call part of my identity were stripped back when like that and that change mm. from going from being a teacher um and a, a, a playgroup leader and a a dancer and you know all of these things that made me me mm. were then like all of a sudden as soon as I took um as soon as Ruby was born um and so then of course there's going to be some turmoil there yeah. and some you know identity crisis going on mm. um but yeah that that group has been so amazing um wow. and it's continued to now and now that I'm feeling better um, and I, I, I'd say I'm back to my normal self, so to speak. Mm. Um, I want to be, I've learned from that and I want to be that sort of support to people in the future if they go through that too. Yeah, that's so yeah. good, so good. Ellen, mm. I, um, I totally relate with having someone hold your baby and, and to know that everything's going to be okay, that there mm. are people there to um have your back when you yourself can't pick yourself up and um I think yeah this time around having Alba um and during COVID it's been it's been so tough and I think there are days there were days when I just I wanted to stop being a mum <laughs> and it sounds yeah. so no, no, terrible. It's, a, it's that escape feeling. Yes. And it's not that it's, you wanted to hurt your kids at all. Yeah. I mean, some people do have those feelings yeah, and that totally. would be so horrible having those feelings. Yeah. I never once, and that's the thing, like you, my midwife would say, okay, let's go through the EPDS depression scale. Number one, have you done this? Blah, blah, blah. Mm. Have you felt like hurting your baby? Like, no, mm. you know, it's not, it wasn't it. And that's why I was like, okay, maybe it's not mm. postnatal depression. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just the sleep deprivation. Maybe it's just the hormones. And once yeah. the hormones settle down, it'll be yeah. okay. And so I was just looking for that fix. Mm. And then when it didn't come and I just kept disappointing me that nothing was getting better, I fully realized actually you know what some things you don't have control over and I know that I'm not in control of my life yeah God is and he puts me in these places not for like not for me to to not know him but to know him even more and Mm. to be more like Jesus he puts you in the refiner's fire Mm. to refine you like pieces of gold being refined and you are made you are, you are refined more into, like, just his good plans for you and the person that he wants you mm. to be. And I suppose if I had been confident being a mum of two, I actually wouldn't have known him more. Mm. I wouldn't have become more like Jesus. So true, um, yeah. I, yep. I wouldn't have experienced something so amazing and, like, I, I wouldn't take it back. It sucked. Mm. I, actually, I actually cried out to him know why and can you please take this feeling away because it sucks and I'm crying here and what is going on he held me in those times yeah it's not it's not that he was like um I want this to happen to you because I'm a 
respectful God. No, mm. he, he takes us through these journeys so that we can cling to him mm. and know our creator more. Like that's such a privilege to know him mm. more and to delve into his word. I wouldn't have opened up the Bible as much, right? Mm. I wouldn't have gone to worship music if I didn't need him. I wouldn't have learnt things from his word if I wasn't in that place. Yeah. Um, and yeah. in the good times, in these mountaintops rather than the valleys, mm. I need to, to remember those times mm. and continue growing so that when I'm in those places again, um, and he says that they come because, you know, this life isn't, you know, it isn't perfection and it isn't heaven mm. and we need to long for that eternity. Um, yeah. 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 And that's, those, that's just the use beauty. Use mountaintops to grow so that I'm ready for those valleys. Yeah. Yeah, so good, Ellen. And um, I, it just sucks at the time, hey, you, you don't really know yeah. know what's going on and there's a yeah. lot of confusion about the feelings and all the yeah. changing hormones. And um, But that's just the beauty of knowing Christ is that... Yeah. We can always lean into his strength when we're, when we're feeling weak. And it just makes me feel for those women who go through this without Christ. I just, That's exactly I right. can't I even imagine. the other day, yeah. if I didn't have him, who would really know how I felt? I wouldn't mm. have somebody, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had the words to express how mm. I was feeling. Yeah. Um, and like, I would just say it's a lot. That's all that, that's all that I could actually fathom mm. and the words that I could say. My pastor Luther asked me, Are you okay one day? And like I broke down and I just said, It's a lot. I've just got a lot in my head and I can't mm. I just I can't and I, it's a lot. That's all I could say. And um yeah, the words of encouragement that came from him after that were really helpful. But just the fact that he knew something was up and then could Yeah. Um orchestrate some more support I suppose yeah yeah but um yeah so true God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble Psalm mm. 26 like he's he's always there ever-present he's never he's never like you have to knock and, and wait your turn <laughs> yeah you don't have to wait for an appointment at Caritani or whatever <laughs> like you know and a few people said to me, have you thought about going to those free ones at Caritani? I was mm. like, oh, yeah, maybe, like, maybe in the future if it doesn't go away. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But, like, you have to book these things in. It's not like you can just call out and cry out to God at 3 yeah. a.m. in the morning when you're tired. Like, yep. you know. Yeah, it's true. You can do that anytime, and he's there, ever present. Mm. So good. So you've touched a little on this, but... Um, I'm wondering if you wanted to talk a bit more about this. What were some lessons you learnt from that season and how have you grown from it? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, clinging to Christ and um, just being in his presence is, is, um, it's amazing. I think... How do you how do you tell somebody to cling to Christ? How do you tell somebody okay, like and they just know okay, yep, I'm clinging to Christ. Mm. Done. Like you you can't tell someone to do yeah. that. They have to yeah, discover true. it themselves. Yeah. I suppose. Um, Very good. When you've exhausted all other options, right? Mm. That's where you go. Well, nothing's working here, and um, you pray. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people were brought to prayer like in tragedies and tragic times and during COVID, a lot of people were brought to prayer. Mm. I remember watching watching a um, YouTube video, uh, an interview between Pink and Ellen DeGeneres, random. Um, Wow. But she said for the first time in her life, like she was sick and her son or daughter, I can't remember, um, they were sick with COVID and she felt absolutely terrible mm. and was just crying out she said it was the first time I prayed wow. like, it, these are the times that people just when they realize they don't have control yeah they have they have zero in comparison to whatever it is that's affecting them mm. and whatever it is is winning right mm. and they they have to cry out um and they may not know who their god is mm. but he loves them yeah and um he made them and knows them and I think in those times they're like, I just I just want 
something higher than me to mm-hmm. fix me and to just get me out of whatever it is so then I can go off uh, go about my life but I just I, I want people to know that you don't have to go about your life <laughs> mm-hmm. without a God you, you you can have this amazing relationship with God yeah. who, who loves you knows you inside out and wants you um, to be with him forever and I think um the problem is our heart and we we want to live life our way and we say mm. we say no to God so many times and then when we're in those tragic moments we go, Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, God, yep, I need you now. Yeah. I need something bigger than me because all of a sudden I've realized mm. I don't have control. Um and when you don't have control, that's what yeah, you you go, actually I need something and I need something more um so yeah I I had those moments um I mean I already knew God um I I knew who he is and what he's done for me I knew that he gave me his son Jesus I knew that I was saved and forgiven for all of my wrongdoings and for all of my heart issues and I think this heart issue needed to be worked out Mm. that I had I had confidence in myself um, and I needed to be brought to my knees and stripped of everything, um, yeah. stripped of my confidence as well. Like I, I can be proud of myself. Hey, and mm. um, yeah, in the in the moments when I, I realized I couldn't do it by myself and I mm. couldn't do it on my own, that's like that's the time that you go. Actually, yep, I'm clinging to you. You're the one who has everything. You're the one who I can rely on. I can't rely on myself. Yeah, so good. Um, So yeah, it's that self self sufficiency, isn't it? As mothers, we feel like we have to have the answers. We have to know um, what to do in a particular situation for our kids. But at the end of the day, we're not going to know everything, and and to be brought to our knees um, and and humbled and. And to cry out to God when we don't have the answers, that is, yeah, that's something. And, um, yeah. And you're right, it is a, hum- a humility issue as well. Mm. If, I'm not, if, not, if I'm not coming to my Lord and Saviour, humble on my knees, and I, instead, I'm wearing my badge of confidence going, hey, Jesus, yeah, you saved me, great, um, here I am. Like presenting yeah. myself to him, right? Yeah, yeah. He's like, well, you know, I love you anyway, and you are forgiving for that. But I want you to know me better. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm the one. I'm the one you should be like clinging to, not yourself. Um, mm, so yeah, so I think this is definitely part of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so sitting with him um, while I'm feeding Ruby, and and just listening to his his words in some songs. Um, I would listen to some live songs um, mm. by Shane and Shane. They're, they're my favourite, that album. Um, yeah, it's just yes, I have heard. The Echo, the live Echo. I don't know what it is. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to listen um, to that. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Shane and Shane. Yeah, <laughs> they're cool. Yeah, no, they're cool. But, um, yeah, mm, worship, cool. that, was, that was all really I had mm. um, space for. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's the thing too. Like we can get so caught up in religion and doing things a certain way and having our own kind of routine. Like, like before kids, you know, we were able to read, you know, five passages of scripture a day. And, and once you have kids, you just don't have that time and and not to say exactly and it's okay like I I found that I was really hard hard on myself um when it came to spending time with God and you know I would normally um wake up earlier than Willow in the mornings to pray but Willow is an early bird and she wakes up before me sometimes so that's just not possible and I would get really hard on myself about that but it's just it's just coming to terms with the fact that it's okay and that God knows our hearts and um yeah it's just important not to put all this pressure on ourselves um 
And so. he doesn't want it to be like that either. I think that um, mm, even so just true. having having your Bible open, this is the biggest thing that I've done lately, mm. like just having my Bible open so that a glance or, you know, a little um, a little moment to, to read it while I'm stirring stirring something in the mixing bowl like you know it's next yeah. to me it's there it's yeah open. I love if that. it's closed I'm not gonna read it yeah <laughs> but keeping so it true. open um that's been really good as well mm. um, but yeah also just doing it with the girls as well yes um, yep at breakfast table you might not have you might not have those real like Instagram worthy moments where you're like, <laughs> oh, look at me, I'm sitting with my cup of coffee and I'm having a moment to myself with Jesus. And um, no, it's it's more like, oh, you've got a piece of porridge on your page because <laughs> it's been flung. <laughs> Real life. <laughs> and that's cool. <laughs> okay, so what does life look like for you now? And um, do you believe that you're set free from depression? Um, I think, I mean, I, I know that I feel a bit more like myself, so I don't think that I have postnatal depression anymore. Mm. Um, praise God. Um, yeah, but so I think that, I mean, it's always possible that it will come back again. I've just had a week of waking up again in the night, um, for some reason I, I don't know if it's teeth I don't know if it's a, a developmental milestone wonder week whatever it might be or she might just think that it's awake time at night <laughs> could be all the <laughs> things yeah, that's right I mean but the tiredness this morning kind of set in because um, once you start going for a little while on that same um, mm. I don't know lack of sleep I yeah. suppose um, then you start to feel like a lack of motivation to get stuff done around the house. You don't have that kind of kick that goes with yeah. you when you wake up in the morning. You kind of you don't yeah. have that thank thankfulness that a new day has started or mm. that um, that joy for what's ahead of the day because uh, having people over for breakfast might just seem a little bit daunting <laughs> rather than um, and also that it's getting in the way of yeah. you sleeping. Yeah. So that if if that if you find that mind shift um, comes back. You're like, uh, I just, I really think that I need to prioritize something here or take away something so that I don't fall <laughs> back into the same, I don't know, dark place, I suppose. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think, um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that it will come back. I mean, it worries me if I, was to have another child that it might be something I experienced again mm, but then yeah. it also doesn't worry me because I have gone through it yeah, before yeah. and it's something it's not something unknown and it's um somewhere that now looking back I mean I, I was brought through um in such a loving way and mm. I think that I learned a lot through that as well so I guess if God puts me through another situation where I'm brought to my knees in order for me to know him more. Um, I have a different perspective, I think. Yeah, so good. I think I have a bit more like, okay, Lord, what are you trying to teach me here? Yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah. What what do you want me to learn? Um, Show me your ways. Um, Teach Mm. me your ways, Lord, um, that I might know you more. And I think as well, we've been going through uh, the book of Philippians in Hope Group, um, this past term, even though it's been via Zoom, we've been able to actually get a lot out of it, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but my goal is to know him. That was in chapter three, I'm pretty certain. Um, Paul says, my goal is to know him um, and this, uh, something about the sufferings. Let me just have a look at it up. But, um, yeah, it's it's like... Even in your experiences, if you have a goal of, of knowing Christ, like instead of your goals, um, it's like wanting wanting to be more like Jesus and wanting to be changed. If your heart is in that space, then you have um, an amazing opportunity um, to get to know the creator of this world. Mm. Like, Yeah, um, I'm trying to find this verse. 
it'll come back to me. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, so um, verse 10 of uh, Philippians chapter 3 says, uh, my goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection um, and the freedom that we have in that. So um, when he died for us and rose again, we are uh, free from all of, um, you know, the things of this world that we put our confidence in, you know, mm. Paul is encouraging us not to put our confidence in the flesh, but to boast in Christ Jesus because he is everything. Um, everything that was a gain to me on this earth, like I was a confident mum of one, a toddler, you know, I didn't even need a nappy bag. I could go out mm-hmm. um, whenever I wanted and just be back for one nap Uh, I had that freedom I suppose and so I put my confidence in that rather than um my confidence in in knowing Jesus um yeah and yeah he takes our heart um our heart of stone sometimes our our um stubborn heart and he gives us a fleshly heart um doesn't give us a perfect heart yet um will be one day when we're raised with him in heaven but he gives us a tender heart now and he works on us um he makes us more like his son Mm. Uh, and i think that that yeah definitely is one of my take-homes is from from our um, our bible study is um that my goal is to know him and um power Mm. of his resurrection like that i'm being a changed person um i haven't reached my goal yet um but it's about repentance, humility, and change, and he's working on my heart. So, um, yeah, I think if it, if there was a time in the future that something comes my way, I'm not ready for it, obviously, but he's going to make me, I guess he's going to prepare me, and he's going to change me through it as well. So, to live so is Christ and to die is gain. Mm, that's so good, Ellen, and it? That's just it. Like no matter what we go through, we're we're gonna face dark times again, and um, and yeah, that that's that was always, I guess, my fear. Um, for every child I have, am I going to get postnatal depression or anxiety again? But um, yeah, I love that. Like if we, if our goal is just to know Christ, no matter what we go through, um, He'll be with us till the very yeah. end and um that's always something to take great comfort in so yeah i love i love that thanks for Never sharing alone. that verse yeah. yeah so true so um some women who are listening may may be going through um their own mental health issues or even facing postnatal depression or anxiety um or, or they may have in the past or some women may know of people who are going through that right yeah. now. And so I just want you to um, to share some advice for those people, if yeah. that's okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I'd say, firstly, to the person who isn't sure whether they have it, um, talk to someone. I think it's always mm. good to, to have a support person or... Um, partner or yeah if you if you feel like this this is a sucky place to be in um yeah don't stay there um reach out for help yeah and um it it might not be that you think it's a specific diagnosis but um it doesn't have doesn't have to be that you go see a counselor or whatever it just means that you need to let it out Mm. um and if you find that that's a difficult thing to do with that support person then maybe you do need to see somebody who knows what they're talking about Mm. and can help you in a very specific way um but i think the fact that i had a glimpse of this has helped me to be able to see that in other people Mm. and i do i do love the fact that um people who have had anxiety or depression before were noticing those similar Mm. traits in me Mm. um so a friend of mine a good friend beck she said to me you know i'm worried about you and she messaged me and she just there was this huge big message and at the time i was kind of like oh no no i'm not i'm not that bad like but i think she was picking up on the sort of things that 
she's experienced mm, and so yeah. she was able to support me very specifically in that um, mm. at the time so um, that's I suppose another um, thing that I can be thankful for is that I actually have a little bit of um, a little bit of an experience or an insight or yeah. a glimpse into that world for someone who um, has that you know I can support them and I can be there for them in a way that I wouldn't have been able to be having not gone through it like I I wouldn't Mm. have had any understanding um for the person who is watching someone not be themselves um you know for lack of a better word to say that um like if if you have an inkling that someone's not quite right and they may have postnatal depression or another form of anxiety or depression um just be a listening ear be, be there for them yeah. and sit with them. Um, don't have answers. You don't need to have answers. Yeah, Just listen. Yeah, so true. Yeah. Um, and uh, another friend of mine uh, who experienced postnatal depression with her first son um, and not with her second, she actually sat with me in those first few months. I can't remember. Yeah, I think, I think Ruby was only very little. And I was starting to feel the effects of the sleep deprivation. I was going, okay, this really sucks. And she's like, you just need to make sure that you um, see someone if you need to. Um, Mm. And I suppose, like, I didn't eventually go and see someone, but I was being open with others, um, Mm. including her, and she checked in regularly with me. Um, Yeah, so just be watchful and helpful to those Mm. people. And coming from that place, the things that were extremely helpful were, you know, my sister and my mum coming around with a a cooked lunch Mm. and um, helping hands ready to fold washing because I just couldn't do it. Um, Mm. Just to tick some of those things off the list and make my burden a little less heavy. Mm. And what else helped? You know, simple gestures like a bunch of flowers. um, Mm. That was an amazing gift from my pastor and just things that would lift your day usually. Um, And they don't have to be grand. Hey, they can mm, just be small practical things like you mentioned. Small things like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, And and I really do think there is a a space for those groups that have no expectation of you. Mm. Um, You can turn up whenever. You can leave yeah, whenever, you can yeah. stay for as long as you want. I mean, it does take a certain level of, um, uh, you'd have to have someone who doesn't have anything else to do. Like, an, it can't be another mum who's got 15 kids that, to deal yeah. with as well. Like, it has yeah. to be someone special yeah. who doesn't have a, who has a lot of time to give yeah. and a lot of love to give um, and a space for that, a house to do mm. that. Um, mm. So... I really thank Lenore for that, just having that space, that open house, um, Mm. ready for mums who are foggy (laughs) to come in and be foggy and leave. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah, So just, yeah, I think space, time, space, listening ear, all those good things. Mm. Um, And, yeah, I It just would look different for each person, I think. So true. It doesn't have to be that you're crying every night, although it was for me. I was crying often. Um, But I wasn't taking stock of that. If someone said, Mm. did you cry all week, I wouldn't have said that back then. But I look back now and go, yeah, actually. Yeah. It sucked when I went to the shop and I couldn't make any decisions or I couldn't actually just make a meal. I wanted to just have that space to do that. but. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, a few other things happened in that time as well for me. Like both mm. my grandparents, like my grandma and my nana passed away. Mm. Um, so there's just, I think a lot of things did contribute to that sucky time. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah, God's presence. Hey? Mm. And one particular verse just for those people who are finding it difficult, wherever you are, this verse might be for you. Um, the psalmist writes in Psalm 16, verse 11, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. Mm. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And it's not talking about 
pleasures here. Mm. I mean, it might suck for you right now. And you never know, it might stick around until your life ends. But at your right hand, the psalmist writes, at your right hand, God, that's where Jesus sits. Mm. Jesus sits on the throne, in control, in authority, at God's right hand. And that's what he says. He says, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You have this amazing privilege to know your saviour and to know him intimately and to have that relationship it's not just like a religious like you go to church on a Sunday and that's it you get to know him yeah and talk to him whenever you want and learn what he's like and how much he gave up for you and how much he loves you and eternal love you get to hear that in the scriptures he's got that there for you it's waiting for you you know um there is fullness of joy in his presence yeah Um, Yeah. and this this is the path of life that we live as christians Mm. he's made known to us the path of life do we want to live it do Mm. we want to be with him do we want to know the person who made us um he's waiting for us so yeah that's beautiful ellen oh it was um thank you so much for being so honest about your journey and um, what you've been through this past year, I um, it was so comforting listening to you talk because, um, yeah, it's I've been on a similar path, and yeah. I think I'm thinking of all those women who have experienced the same kind of darkness and pain and confusion, and and those women who are yet to. Um, and I pray that it really touches them today and um, yeah. and that to, that it brings them comfort to know that they're not alone. And, um, and so thank you for, for just being so vulnerable. And, um, yeah, I'm really believing that this will reach out to people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thanks yeah. for your time. Lovely. My pleasure. It was wonderful to speak with you and to encourage others. And I just, yeah, I I pray that too. Yeah, exactly what you were saying. I love how Ellen was so vulnerable about her commitment to clinging to Christ during a difficult season of her life. It's something that we can all draw from in all seasons of life. Despite where we are, whether on the mountaintop or in the valley or somewhere in the middle, may Jesus always be our anchor. And if you are facing a mental illness of your own right now, I pray that if you haven't already, to have the courage to tell someone about it or contact a hotline like Beyond Blue, where they are genuinely wanting to listen to you and to help you. There is nothing worse than having a mental illness in isolation. I know that is truth in my own life and I want you to know that you don't have to face it alone. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love if you could subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and follow my pages on Facebook and Instagram at Wildflower Stories. I'll catch you next time.